Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hello from the Hope Mobile. You may hear birds chirping again this morning like you did last week, but at least I'm inside instead of outside. Today we're going to talk about when someone asks, how are you? This is a loaded topic with grieving parents with thoughts all over the place. It's an area where our masks can come off very quickly when we're with each other because I feel like it's one of the masks that we put on the most often because we tend to just say fine or I'm doing okay. We just give a pat answer that we think people want to hear and it's not really the truth most of the time. I found, especially at the beginning when Becca first died, that I had to do like almost like an immediate and in-depth self-examination to be able to answer just the simple question, how are you? You might be able to relate to that. I remember those first couple of years, I wanted to scream at them and say, my daughter has died. How do you think I am? So in getting asked this question, first of all, it's like I have to think about, are you asking about this exact moment, how I am, or as a whole? Because this can cause me to have two completely different answers. Maybe you're just the clerk at the store who's using it more as a greeting. And I really shouldn't unload on you in sarcasm and pain, no matter how I'm feeling at the moment. So that's another one of those fine, right? I'm good. Is that person asking because they really want to know? Or is it more of a greeting because maybe it's someone we know, maybe it's a church, you know, standing in the lobby or whatever, and it's more of a greeting because they don't know what else to say. And they're expecting a quick answer of fine so they can just move on because they're afraid (laughs) to get a truthful answer. You can tell that, can't you? And the other thing is someone who asks, how are you? I have to stop and ask myself, are you a safe person to give a truthful answer to? And so at this point, it's like I'm exhausted going through all the options in my head, determining it's easiest both on me and the one asking to give that generic pat answer. I'm fine or I'm good. So the person asking probably will not get the truth from us, will they? A few years ago, I saw a post in a parental grief group on social media about this subject. And someone asked, I never know how to answer the question, how are you doing? Any advice on how to respond? There were almost 300 replies within four hours of that question being posted. I told you this is a loaded topic and our masks come off very quickly with each other when we talk about this. I find that in our grief support groups also. I would say maybe well over half of those replies, they would say, well, I answer by saying something like, I'm hanging in there, I'm taking one day at a time, I'm doing okay. So just like last week when we talked about the question, how many children do you have? I think it's helpful to have a couple of answers in your head when someone asks, how are you? And I want to share with you, I actually copied out a lot of those answers from that post that I saw. And I want to share some of these thoughts with you that were given by other perievers in answer to this question. I'm just going to make up a name for each of them. So here we go. Barbara says, the sad truth is that not everyone who asks really wants to know. 
Not everyone who asks can handle an honest reply, and I didn't always want to have the conversation. For me, my line is, we're putting one foot in front of the other. Alice says, I always answer, I'm alive, I'm dressed, I'm out of bed, and I'm taking it day by day the best I can. Kelly responds by saying, my response is usually, I'm doing okay. To me, doing okay and being okay are two completely different things. You can be doing okay, but it doesn't mean your heart isn't completely broken. Boy, that's true, isn't it? Have you thought about that? Saying I'm doing okay is different than I am being okay. I am okay. Donna says, I typically answer by I'm hanging in there. But one time a lady at church caught on and asked by a rope or a thread. Wow, now there's some insight from somebody, isn't it? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, but are you hanging in by a rope? Are you doing good hanging in there? I mean, it's nice and tight, or are you hanging in by a thread? I love that response. Maybe that could be an answer. I'm hanging in right now by a thread, or I'm hanging in right now by a rope. Deborah says, I'm breathing, and that's a pretty good feat right now. I honestly forget to breathe sometimes. I experience that myself. I remember specifically the chair I was sitting in in my living room, and I realized I wasn't breathing, and I had to tell myself to take a breath. I know we don't want to breathe, right? <laughs> we just as soon quit breathing and be gone. But it happens to a lot of us. If it's happened to you, you're not the only one. Rhonda shares, I'm a Christian, and I wish people would simply say, how can I pray for you instead of how are you? Because then I could answer to the degree I felt I could confide in the individual asking. Jonathan answers, I usually turn to humor. It helps me to cope, and it's the way I was raised. My grandma used to say, I'm vertical and ventilating. I often use that. It makes them think for a minute, and it pretty adequately describes how I feel most days. That is pretty funny, I think. I'm vertical and I'm ventilating. <laughs> I, I, I think that's pretty good. Martha says, I say good because if people knew the truth, they wouldn't ask anymore. What am I going to say? It's been 21 months since I last saw my daughter alive and life sucks now. Is that the right answer? I don't think so. I mean, that is how we feel, right? If we tell people the truth, we're afraid they wouldn't ask anymore. They don't want us to dump on them like that. Lucy says, I just say fine, because the very few times I've broken down and told the truth, they didn't want to hear it. So unless it's a really bad day and I can't hold back the tears, I just lie and say, I'm fine. Helen says, I tell them the truth. Not good. Each day is a struggle. I'm sure people avoid me at times because they want the old me back, and that will never happen. Cynthia responded by saying, when people ask me, sometimes I just respond with, I sure could use a hug. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Pam says, I'm taking it one day at a time, sometimes just moment to moment. I always thank them for asking and hug them. Their courage to even ask that question makes me want to hug them, to show my appreciation for them, not just avoiding me. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Because like I said, our thoughts can be all over, but this is someone who appreciates someone asking, how are you? Now, obviously, a clerk at the store, you're not going to run around the counter and hug them and say, thanks so much for asking. They have no clue. Obviously, this is in response to people who know us and, and know that we lost our child. Samantha says, I'm not okay right now, but it's just too difficult to talk about. And that, 
I think is a really good point because I know there are times we don't want people to ask us that question because we feel like we're just going to fall apart. And it's okay to say, I'm not okay, but I don't want to talk about it. It's okay to say that if that's where you are at that moment. Molly says, I always thank them for asking. And then I reply, one day at a time, one step at a time. I also tell them the other children are doing well. I always make sure they know how much I appreciate them asking because people lack compassion these days and it needs to be appreciated when it is shown. I think her response by telling them the other children are doing well or saying my kids are okay too, I think that's good to bring that into it sometimes if you have other children or you can say my children, my kids are really struggling right now too. I'm struggling and my kids are struggling. Because people, I think, forget that the loss of a sibling is a trauma also. It's hard on the entire family. And it's not just mom and dad. It's not just me. But it's my kids, too. They've lost a brother or a sister. So I, I find that interesting that she brings that up to make sure people understand that her children are involved in this grieving process, too. And this is another one, obviously, who said, you know, I always thank them for asking, and then I reply. Jerry Ann says, seven years later, I still say, I have my good days and my bad days. Sometimes people are surprised, but it's the truth. Carol says, I always say, fine. I figured it wasn't a real invitation to share the pain. Most people ask how you are to be polite. They don't really want to know how you feel. April says, I always answer honestly. If it's a good day, I'll say it. Bad day, the same. I always remember to say thank you for asking so that they're aware that it matters to me that they have asked. If they inquired out of concern, they'll respond compassionately. Those simply going through the motions deserve to know our feelings are genuine and they need to be answered with a true response, not with the simple I'm okay answer. And once again, let's think about this. I, I think April has a good point. When Even when we can tell that someone's asking because they really don't want to know and they just want to move on, it's still okay to say, I'm actually having a really tough time right now. Thanks for asking. Because, yeah, hopefully it will bring an awareness that just because I'm a year and a half into this or just because I'm three years into this doesn't mean I everything's okay now. So it's just something to think about that maybe the people that are hoping, you can tell they're hoping for a generic answer to move on, still tell them just a short, quick, truthful answer and tell them thank you for asking. Matt says, all is well with my soul. I'm thankful for life. It is still a precious gift. And how are you doing? I know a lot of you listeners would not be able to answer that way to say all is well with my soul because our soul is really in turmoil. And to say I'm thankful for life, it is still a precious gift. I know a lot of us don't feel that way. We, we're not thankful for life. We don't want to be here anymore. But to have an answer, you know, something in your head, you're ready with an answer when someone asks you, how are you? And then turn it back around on them. You know, well, I'm struggling today or, well, today's kind of a rough day. How are you? And turn it right back around on them. Michelle says, I always answer honestly. Those who really care and could handle the truth would encourage a person to talk. Those who can't handle the truth will change the topic. 
how are you is such a common phrase, but people don't really wait for an answer most of the time. I won't ask anyone that question if I'm not prepared to listen. Last fall, I went into a convenience store that I go to quite often. There was the usual hi and how are you. On this particular day, the cashier said something like, okay, I guess. Of course, I couldn't leave it at that, and I asked a few more questions. It turned out that it was the month that would be her son's one-year date of his death. I guess I kind of went off topic a bit from this post, but I just wanted to take the opportunity to remind people of how important it is to listen to someone's answer if you ask that question. And that's the last one I'm reading from the responses. And I think it's something that uh, we really need to, to think about and take into consideration on the other end of things. I find it fascinating that this cashier said something like, you know, asking that question, we all expect to hear fine too, especially when we're out shopping and busy and doing our stuff. Hi, how are you? And we expect to hear, oh, I'm good or I'm fine. But for someone to, a cashier to actually say, okay, I guess, and then not to let that go because we are people who care. We are people of compassion. That's one thing that the death of our child does to most of us is we want people to listen to us. We want people to come along beside us when we're struggling. And so if you do find yourself in a conversation and that question is asked and someone gives that kind of response that you know how it feels, you know, you know, that kind of a response, there's something behind it, then be that person of compassion and take a minute or two and say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. You mind telling me what's going on? Or, or even saying, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I really hope your day gets better. Or just responding in some way because it's so true. It's more like a greeting. It's not even really a question. And we, we just expect to just give a pat answer and go on. But there are times that we really need to be listened to when someone asks us that question, and there are times that others, maybe we ask that question and they need to be listened to. There were quite a few grievers who said that it's just not worth answering truthfully because either most people don't care or like we were just saying, they don't want to hear the real answer. And for me, I have noticed over the years, there are three things that I've kind of noticed that first of all, there's usually bitterness and sarcasm involved in the pain of people asking how we're doing and not really caring. It just makes us feel very bitter. And, and <laughs> if we don't say it out loud, we say it in our minds, sarcastic answers. The, another thing is that in the realness behind the mask of asking, how are you? When we share with each other, we take that mask off and we acknowledge that usually what we say is only a surface answer of the depth we really feel and that it's pointless to try to put into words to someone who won't understand. And the last thing that I've noticed is that when we answer this question, when we're asked the question, how are you, some of us have the view, you'll, I mean, you heard this in the responses above, that it's like, how can you even bother asking? You don't really care. And if you did care, you would know how I'm doing and you wouldn't have to ask. 
while others have the perspective or the view of, and it's fewer of these, unfortunately, but it's, I appreciate you asking because it shows me that you care. And some of us have both of those views, depending on the moment we get asked the question. But one thing is for sure. We can tell when someone is asking us out of habit or they feel obligated to ask as opposed to someone who cares and really wants to know. And if you have someone who asks you, how are you doing? How are you? Take advantage of that opportunity and at least let them know, well, you can pray for me because I am really struggling right now. And you can say, maybe this is the month of the anniversary or this is the the month of their birthday and it just still really affects me or you can say I don't know why I'm struggling right now I just am there just seem to be a lot of triggers for me right now but it's okay when someone asks you and you can tell they are concerned take advantage of that we also know that you know whether or not we feel like going deeper about the truth at the moment will also affect the answer we give and for me, even if I told someone I was doing good and I even felt like I was doing okay or good at the time, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm not saying life is great again, but as far as the grief goes, I'm, I'm good. When I look at pictures of myself, those first three years or so, I see on my face I was not good. I just, I see pictures of myself and I see such a sadness and an emptiness and a weariness on my face. And it makes me think of one of the responses from a periver who said, people always tell me I look sad and tired. I know I look sad and tired. I am sad and tired. Such a simple three-word question. How are you? At the beginning, it seems like such a stupid question, doesn't it? Because we're not fine, even though we tell people we are. And after those first few years, our answer can change minute by minute. As I wrap this up, something that I tell those who have not lost a child is that I'm sorry that we bereavers, those of us who have lost a child, put everyone around us on eggshells. But please love us and pray for us because we are very fragile and very broken, just like those eggshells. I need to tell you right now, last week I talked about the one-day retreat, Hope for the Heart, that is happening in Ohio with Joy Ware Miller. She's a precious friend of mine, and we have done these events with her in the past, and when she asked us to do this again, I just, of course, will we'll be part of it again. And I didn't really pray it through, and I have just been really feeling there are things happening here personal things in our family going on, and I just kept ignoring the feeling that I didn't really check with God. I just assumed, and I keep getting a check on this, and so I finally had to contact Joy, and I don't know if it's family-related. God knows what's going on or what's, you know, happening for our summer, but for whatever reason, I just feel like God is saying, no, not this year. And so I did have to contact Joy and tell her that Dave and I will not be speaking in Ohio at that retreat. 
like I said, I, I, I just felt like I needed to cancel it for multiple reasons. And the number one is because I just couldn't get a piece about it after I said yes. But I want to encourage you to still check it out because it's a wonderful day. You'll be encouraged. You'll be with other believers who have lost a child. And so I still encourage you to check it out, even though Dave and I aren't going to be there. You can find a link for more information in the show notes for this episode. One other quick thing, July coming up is National Bereaved Parents Month. And so I want to make sure that you stay tuned for some specials that we're going to be running next month for this. If you don't get our emails and you want to get emails from us, I give out a weekly word of hope. You can do that. Just go to gpshope.org hope and just give us your name and address. We won't spam you. We don't give that out anywhere. You'll just get a weekly word of hope from me, and you'll get information like this that isn't always shared on the podcast about specials or events, things going on. So let's go ahead and get to our birthday segment. We have Lucas Christofferson, who was born on June 28th and is forever 19. Dominic Cardenas, was born also on June 28th and is forever 24. I will say I know the parents of both of these two boys and they have become friends in my life. And so we celebrate with Bob and Linda and with Vicki the day that their sons came into this world and into their families. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday announced on this podcast, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays, fill out that form, and I would be blessed and honored to share your son or daughter with our listeners the week of their birthday. Just to let you know, today's episode on this question and those answers that were given They were taken from my book, Come Grieve Through Our Eyes. And this book, I wrote it for people who have not lost a child to help them kind of get a view of what our life is like now. But there are so many parents who read it and they say that it helps them to know that they're not going crazy because uh, they read through these chapters and find out that how many other perivers think and respond in the same way that they're thinking and responding. And there's something very comforting and uh, relieving is the word I want about that to find out that I'm not the only one that thinks that or feels that or has said that. I'll just read down some of the chapter titles while we just did the, how do I answer when someone asks, how are you doing? Uh, Why won't they let me talk about my child? How long does it take to get past the darkness? Does losing a child have physical effects? How do I deal with my child's birthday? What about the dreaded anniversary date? Uh, Why can't people understand that I can't quit missing my child? What about meltdowns and grief attacks? My other children, we lost our only child. What does family mean to me now? one year, two years, three years, and beyond. So those are most of the topics that we talk about in this book. So if you're interested, you can find it on our website, gpshope.org. You can find it on Amazon, anywhere you get books, Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Goodreads. And I'll put a link to a page that actually shares a little bit more about the book if you want to check it out a little bit more. 
And I just want to remind you what I told you a couple of minutes ago, that we're going to be running some specials in July. So you may not want to order it right away. You may want to wait until you find out what some of these specials are saying. Just saying, okay? But if you want it now, go ahead and order it. And if you order it directly from us, any books you order directly from GPS Hope, I, I sign them and put a little message in there for you from me personally before we ship it out to you. So... I would like to end today's episode with some words of grace and hope. Without the hope of heaven, we get lost in a drowning sea of grief. We will never understand why our child had to leave us so soon. That part of child loss will always be a mystery. But with heaven to look forward to, you can make it through today. So hold on. Pain eases, there is hope.